You're tuned into the Tokyo Living Podcast, where we help you live a healthy and enjoyable life in one of the most amazing cities in the world. On this special 100th episode of the show, we celebrate Club 360's 10 year anniversary as I interview Sam and Nathan about the Club 360 story. Tokyo Living is proudly brought to you by Club 360, changing lives through health and fitness. And welcome to the Tokyo Living Podcast. My name is Alana, and I'm going to be your guest host for this very special 100th episode. We're going to pair this amazing achievement with another great one the 10 year anniversary of Club 360. Now, today I have with me the co owners of this superb establishment, my husband Sam Gilbert and my brother Nathan Schmid. Welcome, guys. Hello, thank you for stepping up again for the、uh, guest host role. Oh, not like I had a choice, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course.、Uh, so, I would like to start with just a little bit of background of you both.、Um, in our previous episode, Sam did talk a lot about himself, so maybe he doesn't need to put that much detail in this one.、Um, but how about you, Nathan? Let's start with you.、Uh, well, it's a long background in Japan, as、mm. you know.、Uh, I've been here 19 years,、mm. uh, came in 2004. And, like a lot of people, it was, I sort of came on a whim. I wasn't really planning on coming to Japan. I didn't know much about Japan.、Uh, at the time, I was looking at working in the fitness industry overseas.、Um, I had a job offer in the US, but my partner at the time's visa fell through for that. So I sort of wasn't sure what to do. And then a friend of mine who I went to university、uh, and school with, Brad, was actually out in Japan working as a personal trainer. In fact, he was probably one of the first personal trainers in Japan. He had、oh, established、wow. a, a contract with Gold's Gym to be able to bring clients in there.、Uh, so he sort of created this unique、um, job for himself here,、mm-hmm. one of the only expat trainers and one of the few actual personal trainers in Japan at the time. And that's paved way for a lot of people, hasn't it? It really yeah. has. So, yeah, so I、oh. obviously owe a lot of thanks to him. And it's just、mm. one of those situations you just know that you're one person and it kind of、mm. changes your life.、Um, So he said he had some extra clients. Why don't you come and give it a shot? I knew nothing about Japan, didn't know the language, didn't know much about the country at all,、um, but decided to you know, be a bit adventurous and come over.、Um, came in, yeah, summer of 2004, so one of the hottest summers on record, super tough,、uh, living in a guest house, had a few clients.、Um, it was quite challenging. And then a few months later, Brad had decided to leave. Um, so, I had the opportunity to stay on and take on his clients,、um, which may be pretty busy, or go back home, and I decided to stay.、Mm. Um, and then, yeah, basically, I was working in the fitness industry,、um, both training people at their houses,、um, doing sessions in the park,、uh, doing that contract at the Gold's Gym. So, basically, running all around Tokyo,、uh, personal training, doing classes.、Um, and、uh, yeah, I was here on a working holiday visa. And then a student visa. So, after a few years, I had to make the decision whether or not you know, I was going to make Japan my home. And to do that,、um, I was going to have to make some pretty big changes. So,、uh, at the time, decided I did want to do that. So,、uh, established a, a company which essentially sponsored myself、um, mm. so I could stay on in Japan in 2007.、Uh, shortly after that, I met my now wife, Nikki.、Um, 2007 as well. And yeah, definitely from there decided, okay, Japan's the place I wanted to be.、Um, continued to work as a trainer, 
obviously had our ups and downs, financial crisis, earthquake. Um, during that time, was super lucky to have friends and family come and work with me. So best friend Clinton came first, then my elder sister Claudine, and then of course, baby sister Lani came uh, to work with me. And that was really you know special for me to be able to share sort of my experiences in Japan, both, you know, professionally and personally uh, with family and friends. So that was really cool. But um, also, yeah, always knew that if I was going to stay here, I wanted to establish a business, have a proper, you know, foothold and progress in my career as if I lived in Australia. Um, well, you actually created a lot of good opportunities for us before you even opened Club 360 uh, with Tokyo Fitness. So, I mean, you know, you talked before about you meet that one person that completely changes your life. But for me, that was actually you. It was my brother because you're <laughs> yeah, the no, one that brought me over that. here. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing about Japan. Um, you know, we're all here and come from different parts of the world or people born here. In Tokyo in particular, we're just sort of mm. all in this same um sort of melting pot of people with different experience and that can create opportunities. It's tough, yeah. but it can create opportunities for other people. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, in hindsight, you know, being sort of almost forced to start that company, you know, mm. allowed us to sort of establish the company now. It allowed me to sponsor a visa, allowed me to meet my wife because I wouldn't have stayed. And, you know, um, yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah, looking back, it sort of, it all worked out for the best. Mm. Um, Fast forward to now, obviously, you know, we opened this Club 360 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, I have two kids, two girls, um, and uh, yeah, still basically doing the same thing, but on a grander scale in terms mm. of now we have a team of people mm. and get to share, um, you know, our passion for health and fitness with more people. Um, I still love Australia, I still love going back uh, for holidays every year, but definitely, um, you know, very settled in Japan. And, be here for a long time yeah japan's your home definitely yeah great home great yeah. place to be definitely we can all attest to that and how about you sam yeah so uh like you said uh i did a whole episode last week talking about myself um however i, I love talking about myself so i'll do a little bit more of it here but the condensed version so I originally came out to Japan uh, after I finished high school. I lived for five months in Kochi in Shikoku and uh, was basically training full time, sort of training three times a day, six days a week. Uh, was, and I was sort of 18 at the time, so it was a pretty, pretty hardcore experience, but uh, learned a lot, developed a lot physically, and also um, was a big sort of mental toughening experience for me as well. Uh, went back to Australia um, to qualify for the national team and then also um, start my university degree after that. Uh, did my four-year degree a bachelor's in physiotherapy and um, during that time represented Australia in uh, two world championships and then also had two full knee reconstructions and at that point uh, I didn't know how much longer I'd have in my competitive career and uh, you know I figured I could do physio for the rest of my life but I only had this window to um, to try and achieve my goal which was to be world champion and uh, so yeah I decided to come out to Japan again straight after university I uh, lived for 10 months in Fukuoka, in Kochi, on another uh, sort of sponsorship agreement for, with karate. 
always had the goal of coming to Tokyo. I just like the idea of, of Tokyo being this, this massive metropolis and a very exciting place. Uh, my childhood hero, hero was still competing and still training here. It's Kamalto-san, who I talked about on the, the last episode. Um, and there was a potential opportunity for me to work as a physio while I was out here. So um, I was in contact with the owners of Tokyo Physio uh, during that time and was lucky enough to be offered a position at that clinic. And uh, I was coming to Tokyo to compete in the All Japan Championship in the end of 2005 anyway. So uh, I basically um, came here for the tournament and stayed and, uh, and haven't left. <laughs> uh, and so I was working at Tokyo Physio for seven years um, while I was seeing out my competitive career. Uh, at that time, I uh, got to know Nathan and then, um, yeah, we can sort of talk about how the business started. But um, at, at that point, I retired from uh, competition and... Uh, yeah, we'd met by that stage uh, through Nathan. This is getting, getting a very uh, complicated, <laughs> complicated story. Um, but uh, we decided we wanted to stay in Japan as well. So uh, it sort of made sense for us to try and find somewhere uh, we can combine uh, all the different disciplines and do what we've done. Um, and yeah, retired from competition in 2011 after the 10th World Championships. And uh, yeah, I've continued to have a, a keen interest in martial arts, coaching kids karate, um, practicing more boxing and kickboxing uh, since my retirement, and more recently um, getting into uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And um, yeah, and uh, as, as you, you, you know, I'm uh, <laughs> married with uh, three kids. And um, yeah, like Nathan, we've sort of built a life for, for ourselves here in Japan. Club 360 is Tokyo's premier health, fitness and rehabilitation center, offering physiotherapy, osteopathy, personal training, group fitness classes, boxing, sports massage, Pilates and nutrition consultations. With two full-time locations in Moto Azubu and Higashi Azubu, as well as satellite physiotherapy practices in Shibukoen and Yokohama, Club360 boasts a team of high-level practitioners from all over the world, ready to take care of your injury and fitness needs, and guide you on a path towards a healthier and happier life. Come visit us at club360.jp, or follow us at club360rupongi on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show. So then, um, you did say before, you know, we can talk about how you first opened Club 360. So let's talk about where the idea actually happened and came from. Yeah, um, well, I guess it was sort of a seed that was planted uh, a long time ago. Um, I'm sure Sam and I, from um, through different ways, we'd always both wanted to have a, a business. Um, and whether it's in Japan or somewhere else, you know, we definitely want, we knew we wanted to be in the fitness industry. Uh, and for me, um, when I made the decision to stay here long term, I, you know, I only wanted to do that if I could open my own business here. So in 2007, um, established the KK company Tokyo Fitness, and the idea was to open a gym. Um, we do some very small classes and like have one room for massage. Um, I teamed up with some clients of mine who were really good uh, at advising me. One person. Bruce, um, he helped me create a business plan. I didn't really know anything about that. Um, learn how to create a plan to um, to raise capital, and I sort of approached a lot of my clients um, for some capital. And a few people um, were kind enough to agree and sort of believe in the concept. Um, so we were sort of working towards opening something in 2008. Finally, got a, a landlord to agree. Uh, on a space halfway through negotiating uh bruce came up to me and said hey 
he's in the financial industry. Um, there's about to be a big financial crisis. And 95% of my clients at that time were in the financial industry. He said, you're going to be affected. I think you need to pull out of this deal. Mm. And it was so hard to get that deal. I really mm. didn't want to, but also knew that he knew a lot more about that stuff than I did. Yeah. Uh, and looking back now, you know, it was the best decision that uh, was sort of forced upon me. Um, the space wasn't as good. Didn't Hadn't sort of met Sam at that time. Um, so the concept wasn't as good. Um, it was more expensive. The area wasn't as good. Mm. Um, we were just kind of desperate. Um, and the market, the real estate market was quite tough at the time. So not doing that was huge, although it was very disappointing at the time. So I just went back to doing uh, what I do. And as I said, with the help of yourself and other people and, and then uh, getting close to be Sam, who started doing some personal training um, with us as well. Just starting to get back to building up, doing what we know. Of course, then the earthquake came, yeah. um, another setback, probably a bigger setback in terms of losing clients, mm. but because we didn't have any overheads, uh, we'll again, we were, were able to continue on. But at that time, um, you know, when Sam, I think basically when you guys got married, or yeah. soon, we really started talking more about the benefits of doing uh, a full you know, 360, mm. um, so they come to, um, approach to it. Um, and I think Sam and I, unique in some ways in terms of I'm the trainer, but very into sort of the rehabilitation side as well. Cause I knew that that was a big setback for clients. If I just told them, you know, do this and run and do some bench press and that, that was not going to get them the best results. And Sam is probably one of the few trainers that has a really good understanding, especially back at that time about strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, a lot of physios just, didn't really know that much about it. Mm. So it just really made sense for us to do everything together um, and create this kind of synergistic, seamless um, approach where people who come to us can sort of, you know, pick and choose what they do, but have like a full range of care. Um, And so that's when we really started getting excited about the idea of of, of doing 360. Again, yeah, the name came from club, uh, as in we wanted a community, creating a community out here, something we're really proud of. We wanted to really solidify that in the name, the club 360 being a 360 degree scope of service. So sort of, we started obviously very dreaming very hard. Um, mm. And one of the positives, one of the only positives after the earthquake um, was the real estate market took a bit of a dive. They become came much more desperate mm. and had agreed to loan us a place or rent us a place that we never would have gotten previously a bigger mm. space a better space better location much bigger than we'd even sort of imagined mm. and that we were ready to take on so again we had to take a leap um mm. for that we just but it was a it was a simple decision or it was a big decision i don't think either of us are big risk takers it was a big decision as in it was a lot more expensive fit out was more everything about it was more risky but at the same time, it was just so perfect to, mm. to do what we wanted to do. And again, it's one of those things in hindsight, it was the best thing we ever did. So all those spaces we got knocked back on in the center, so a hundred mm. spaces, being foreigners, being a gym, it was almost impossible. Yeah. But again, all those rejections led to this one sort of perfect mm. space. Um, so yeah, so that, mm. then, you know, we built the business from there, grew the team, got a great team together, uh, and then, um, opened our second place here mm. in 2020. 
again, not risk taking. It took us a long time to find the right spots, a couple of years of searching actually, to find the right you know, space, the right location, to have the right team um, in place to do it. And then, you know, came coronavirus. So uh, just, <laughs> with, it's just been you know, one big thing Financial crisis, earthquakes, coronavirus. Um, yeah, so yeah. We, we've been through it all. We've been through it all, but, you know, I think we have found ways to get the positiveness out of it. And I'm sure coronavirus will look back in a couple of years as another thing that awful at the time, but mm. there was some good positives that came mm. out of for our business. Is there anything you want to add, Sam? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, similar to what Nathan said. It started, I mean, for me, the ideas have started when uh, actually the, the earthquake hit. I was in uh, Australia uh, competing in my last uh, tournament down there, and I was meant to fly back on the Monday morning, and then the Friday, uh, the earthquake hit, and we couldn't even communicate um, because of issues with telecommunications and things like that. And uh, and I just sort of started reevaluating things. I, I can remember driving from my hometown, Ballarat, to, to Melbourne um, to prepare for the, the, the competition. And my head was in a really weird space and I sort of started thinking a little bit more about my life and about life after competition and, and thought that I you know, wanted to do something different. And it sort of started with, you know, I was going to have a, a, my own sort of small clinic, maybe which is a little bit of basic gym equipment. And then we thought, well, maybe we should try and combine it and have a big enough space that we could both use. And then we just it started to build and build. And then we were looking for a, you know, like a 150 square meter space. And like you said, we got knocked back on a few locations. And then all of a sudden, this this behemoth um, factory size space in a basement in Montezabu came up. And it's like we probably can't do this, but we really, really should. Um, and it's, uh, like I said, it was, it was the best thing that could have happened to us. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a risk, but it was a risk that sort of felt right at the time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've, um, one of the questions that I get asked all the time is, how hard was it to open a business in Japan, especially being foreigners? And you were saying before that it was difficult, but can you get a little bit more specific as into what were the challenges that did come up? Well, I mean, opening a, a business is actually quite easy. Um, it's a bit of paperwork, you know, mm. a lawyer that knows what he's doing, a few thousand dollars, and you can open a business. So, and that's a, like a limited liability company. It's not very complicated, uh, but that's probably the easiest <laughs> part mm. of the whole process. But saying opening a business depending on the business, but for our business, the number one challenge was space. Um, again, real estate agents here or building owners aren't too fond of gyms and probably even less uh, fond of foreign business owners. Um, so the fact that we had the um, limited liability company, well, I mean, that's probably the only reason we got any space. And again, you know, looking back, the fact that um, we established the company in 2007, after that, I started basically running the business through that company. So we had paper trail, we had, you know, we had staff on salary, we had mm. ingoings and outgoings. So by the time we were looking at this place, we had some history as a company, mm. a small company, but there was some history. Mm. But even still, as Sam said, we got rejected from places we could easily afford. Um, mm. Like the main reason just that they didn't feel secure in yeah. having us. That's another one. Another one is sort of the personal liability to that too. So basically for myself, I had, had to guarantor the 
buildings. So yeah. basically, if the company didn't pay, they could come after myself. So again, yeah. most Japanese companies don't have to do that. Um, so that was a big yeah. challenge and a big risk. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think obviously there's the language um, yeah. and doing business in a different language. Um, I think that even if you are, you know, you're okay speaking Japanese, it's a very different type of business language that they use. It is, yeah. And so, you, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough, um, you know, Mickey, my wife, obviously mm. was instrumental in helping me um, because I, I wouldn't have understood a lot of what was going on. We had some other advisors along the way. Um, and the other thing, I think the biggest challenge for anyone if they're thinking about doing something like this, it's the capital outlay is much greater here for a space because of the deposit demand. So mm -hmm. I know in Australia you can get away with commercial property, pay one, two, three months deposit, whereas we had to pay more like nine to 12 months deposit on each space. Yep. So basically half of your capital is gone mm -hmm. just securing the space. And then of course you've got um, the building. Um, we, we're very fortunate to have a good relationship with a, a builder as you know, because he's yeah. worked with you before. And yeah. that, and both salons for me. That's a massive mm. challenge dealing with like design company and vendors. Mm. The fact that we had him made it a lot easier, but that was mm. another challenge. And he actually, he told us not to do <laughs> the original space when we walked in. He's like, you guys are crazy. It's too big, it's too much work. I recommend you don't do it. Mm. But he's always given his honest feedback. And mm. so, yeah, so basically getting a place fitted out, getting a place in the first place, mm. getting it fitted out, having the capital to pay for that is mm. very challenging. And then after that, like every other company, it's creating a, a, the, the right team. Um, so hiring, we're in a foreign country, there's not as many English speaking trainers here, of course. Mm. We also need some bilingual people, makes it extra challenging. So mm. staffing um, is obviously the other big challenge mm. that we face. Yeah. I think starting off, it was some of the things that you don't think about like, with the building, because um, we were on a very tight budget, um, money-wise and time-wise. You know, we, we needed to get it finished to get clients in the door because we, you know, as soon as we got the keys, our sort of rent time started. Uh, and there were little things like uh, the sprinkler system. You know, when they initially evaluated, we, we had a built-in uh, sprinkler system. We had air cons, and that was originally going to save us a lot of money uh, until we figured out that it didn't work. And so they had to play, and that's, you know, whatever it was, you know, three or four million yen, which to us at the time was a big chunk uh, of the, the little bit of extra that we had. And, uh, and so that little things like that was super stressful. So the sprinkler systems worked, but... They, because we had changed the layout, they needed to be in certain positions and we had to refit it all. Yeah, yeah I think it was four, but they, they quoted five million yen, but again, our, our friend, the builder, uh, negotiated for us and got it down to about three and a half. But yeah, that was basically mm. like a big chunk of our equipment out the yeah. door or something we would never, and because we were in a basement, yeah, it was never and, and, you know, we were doing things to try and save money, like, you know, the three of us painting the walls and, you know, I went out to the, um, to do my fire certification, which half of the stuff I didn't understand and they rushed me through the test and gave me the certificate anyway and uh, all that sort of stuff. Like, there's those little things that, um, yeah, it, it all made part of the experience of building it rather than just sort of like walking in as if it was a franchise and just having everything done. I think that because we essentially built it from the ground and we know those ins and outs, I think it makes it, uh, yeah, all that more special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Alana Jade is a friendly bilingual salon located in Azubu-Juban, Tokyo, where they provide a private and relaxing haven where guests come to escape the hustle and bustle of city life. Alana Jade's wide range of deluxe beauty treatments of facials, nails, waxing, massage and eyelashes will have you looking your best from head to toe. Receive 20% off your first treatment by mentioning Tokyo Living Podcast when booking. So have there been any big moments that have actually stood out to you over the past 10 years? Sam, we'll start with you. I was trying to think of this today uh, because I did write the question. I thought I'd better try and come up with an answer. Um, there's a few little... So when we actually set up all the equipment at the uh, the first Motoizabu site and we were sort of having a bit of a celebration and, and some, some beers and some pizza uh, in the reception and just sort of you know looking at what we'd achieved and look what we'd, we'd put together and just the excitement about um, starting the business and... Uh, even though I had a stomach full of pizza and a, a few beers, I, I just wanted to go out in the gym, threw some weight on and just did a set of deadlifts and just that thought that I'm, I'm now training, because uh, yeah, I've trained since I was a little kid, but in, in all different gyms across the world and now I was training in my own gym. That just had a very special uh, special sense to it. Um, I think that hiring our first uh, full-time employee, um, she wasn't with us for long, but Erin, she um, not sure what she's doing today. Uh, I uh, haven't heard from her in a long time, but but that sort of made it feel like because you know um, you know it was sort of the three of us, and we had uh, yeah, you know, a few other people sort of working part time. But but um, having her and then Jan, boxing trainer, and and then Yuji, and then it sort of as we started to build a team, it's like oh, this is actually a real business. We're a real sort of company now. Um, and then aside from that, I, I think that the moments are just very regular and. Yeah, just work, walking into the facility uh, when there's a lot of people there, maybe a full class, a bit of music going, full gym, and just seeing people enjoy themselves and, and interacting and um, and then interacting with each other and, and just seeing that um, both the community, I think everything that we're trying to, to build in terms of uh, giving people a quality health service, um, but also providing a community for people to interact with each other. Um, those m- moments pop up all the time, but they're still very special. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, obviously probably very similar to mm. Sam uh, in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, definitely lots of little moments. And stuff you see when you're in the facility, but it's also things that you hear outside, like, and it's often when we've, you know, people had a few drinks and you bump into a client um, and, you know, people are kind enough to express the impact we've had on their lives. That, to me, it always hits me like, oh, my God, I, sometimes mm. you forget, you know, mm. the positive impact we're having on people's personal lives, their mm. experience in Japan. So those moments really sort of um, are striking to me. And then I guess one thing that sort of encapsulated all that, when we had our fifth year anniversary party, on the Adidas rooftop, a lot of people came and yeah, so just looking around at all these people that came to celebrate with us, and you know, saw that the community that we built that was a really uh, special moment. I mean, it's being in Tokyo. It's even though it's one of the most populated cities in the world, it still feels like a bit of a small town because mm. the expat population here is is relatively small, and uh, and so. 
I think that's really special to be in such a vibrant, exciting, amazing city, but then still have that that tight knit community. And uh, it's funny. Nathan mentioned uh, Bruce, who um, was instrumental in setting up the foundations for the initial company, and then you know I, I hadn't seen Bruce for like ten years. He was living overseas, and, and now he's back uh, a couple of times a week training with Nathan in in the gym, and it's sort of you sort of see that come full circle. And we've had a lot of people who have left and come back, and um, I think that's really nice as well. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess you know I wanted to ask what you're most proud of, but I think that's probably it <laughs> or is there any, yeah. something else? I mean I think it's a collective of that. Yeah. I think it's the, well for me, two things. It's the, com- the community that we've brought together. Um, that mm. I'm certainly proud of that um, and you know that started you know way back when we started doing those classes in the park you know in those cold mornings yourself out there you know going out for coffee with clients afterwards like and then just gradually building and building on that. That's been super special to me. Other thing that um, I'm most proud of is one thing that I didn't have personally when I came here was um, a community of other trainers and therapists. Sam and I would refer to each other um, and I didn't have anyone to learn from. I didn't have anybody to just talk about stuff until like when, you know, you came in Clinton, we didn't really, I felt like a lot of people come to Japan and I was feeling a bit too, when your career can be a bit stagnant. You come here cause you love the country, you love the people, but sometimes you can put your career on a back step. And I think one of the things that I'm proud of and one of the things that are always important for us is to create a place where um, trainers and practitioners can come and actually further their career, actually, learn more, get more experience and create an environment that's all about furthering people's, you know, career. I think that's something that I'm really proud of. Mm. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I mean, all the same stuff. Uh, I guess from a a professional and a a technical perspective, having the the trust of, you know, medical practitioners in terms of their referrals, and that's really important to me as well um, as a health care provider. The networks that we've built through relationships, but also through the the quality service that we provide. And, you know, we've had... uh, We'll have to do this uh, again soon now that um, yeah, the, the uh, COVID has, has settled somewhat. But um, we had a couple of events where we had a, a number of doctors, both within our network but also outside, that we were um, able to bring in and, and do a networking and, and information night where we did a few presentations, we had some doctors do pre- presentations. And um, just seeing that the community that was sort of built in terms of our customers, but also the community that we've built in terms of the um, medical practitioners and providers that uh, that we we refer to and um, and accept referrals from it's uh, that that is a really important thing for me and something that I'm proud of. Yeah. Yeah. And so, are there any challenges that you face now? Because I know there was challenges in the beginning, but what are the main challenges that you feel like ten years down the track? There's always challenges, um, and you never know what's going to come up if 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 the last you know ten years have taught us anything. Um, so, I think for us. The main challenge is just to make sure we're always growing and growing in the right way. We don't want to plateau. We don't want to be stagnant. But we don't want to, you know, grow in a way that doesn't align with our beliefs and what we stand for. So for me, I think the greatest challenge now is how to take those next steps, how to make sure we continue to build a community, continue to build a team, but progress towards our goal of 
you know, having the, you know, the biggest and best um, sort of health and fitness business in, you know, all of Asia. Um, so, yeah, the challenge is to make sure we're always being honest with ourselves and trying to make sure we're always progressing. Yeah, I think that staffing has been uh, the biggest challenge. I mean, like Nathan said, it's difficult to find quality English-speaking health professionals um, that either are out here or willing to come out here. Um, it's difficult to keep people because you know, generally the people that uh, want to come out uh, to a place like Japan, yeah, that they might have that travel bug that they want to travel to other places, um, or they're just doing it for a couple of years. That um, it's pretty rare that you find someone that, that really wants to make this their home, unless they uh, they have family that meet a partner and, and, and decide to stay. So um, that's a really difficult part, and uh, and also just the, the management of staff. You know, that's not something Nathan and I, um, you know ever experienced before really it's not something that we were trained in you know we, you know I didn't do anything in terms of even business basic business management through my physiotherapy degree um, which is often talked about as one of the weaknesses of studying a, a, a specific technical uh, skill like physiotherapy but you know I, I never learned anything business wise and I certainly didn't learn anything about managing staff uh, and so having a team of quite diverse backgrounds we've got which is, I think, is a fantastic thing to have. We've got people from all over the world, but um, different cultures and different backgrounds make for different ways of communication, and, and that's not always easy uh, to manage. So I think that's been a real challenge, is, is trying to um, get a team of such diverse people working together, uh, and it's something that we, you know, we, we continue to, uh, you know, to, to have as a challenge every day. But, uh, but it's, something we, it's something that we learn a lot from as well. And, uh, and you know, I learn about people and about um, dealing with people every day. And it's something that uh, I'm still trying to get better at. Yeah. I feel like that in most businesses, you know, it's always more difficult with staff, either management of the people that you already have within or who to bring in. And, you know, I know that even with my business, when I interview someone not only do I see them but I get them to work alongside the other girls so they can feel the atmosphere and then we can get you know a, a better sense of them as well because it's so important for a team to um, be harmonious and it doesn't always happen but yeah it's always challenging so I think um, you guys have done a great job here though you know I'm most people have a smile on their face <laughs> anyway um, but Going on, um, you touched before about how, you know, how wonderful it is that you have created um, a bit of a community here, some of places where people can come not only to get fit but to help feel better about themselves. They also form relationships with others that come to the gym too. Um, but how would you like Club 360 to be perceived within the community? Uh, I mean, I think I would like us to be perceived as a place where people can um, come and trust that they're going to get the very best of us, um, the best service we can offer, the best uh, you know atmosphere we can provide, um, and that's a big one for me. Creating a, a standard across the board where people just you know would recommend us confidently, say, "Hey, go to three Club Three Sixty." They'll look after you no matter what service they're coming to do. Um, so basically, yeah, just just build that sort of trust and and um, 
positiveness about the culture and environment that we have? Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty much the same. I mean, uh, like Nathan said, somewhere where some people can come and know that uh, that the experience they're going to get is all about them uh, and, and pe have a, tr a vested interest in their well-being and, and their success uh, and that they're going to have an enjoyable experience there. We, we want some, you know, it's it, sometimes a little bit diffi different between uh, a training experience and a rehab experience. Uh, rehab experience isn't always uh, positive. It, it can be a very difficult experience, uh, but we want to try and make that experience as positive and enjoyable. Uh, uh, as we can and, and try and exceed expectations. If people come with an injury, I want to see them not, not just get back to where they were, but, but become a better version of themselves after they go through that process. Do you suffer lower back pain while sitting in the office or during long haul travel? The lumber jacket may be just the solution you're looking for. This revolutionary product features a built-in inflatable and height adjustable lower back support concealed within a fashionable and comfortable garment. Perfect for work and travel. Visit lumberjacket.com for more details or simply search lumberjacket on Amazon. Like a home away from home for a lot of people. Mm. You break them and you fix them. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the 360 comes in. Um, so, what about the future of the business? Is there any plans that you have with the next few years or even further down the track that you have? Yeah, I guess uh, I've talked about this before when we were sort of talking about the academy. Um, for both of us, I think our, our 20s or the time before Club 360 was uh, like one-to-one -one or us teaching a group of people and our influence on their health being you know, directly that, um, based upon that interaction. Then we've opened Club 360, we've developed a team where we can scale that influence by having other people work with us and, and our influence on people's health has uh, passed on to their clients. And then you know, going forward, we're both uh, in, in our 40s at slightly different stages of our 40s. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and you know, Club 360 is now 10 years old. I think it's you know, time for us to really sort of push the, into the next stage and try and scale our effect. Uh, tr try and scale our, um, our influence on people's health um, through education of other health practitioners, um, through education to companies about how they can manage their employees' health. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, now that, again, things have settled uh, COVID-wise, trying to you know, increase our, our, our footprint in terms of Club 360 and, and hopefully opening up other facilities in the future. Mm, yeah. And I mean, is there anything else that I uh, I missed today? Or anything that you want to get out to anybody who's listening today? Uh, well, I, I would just like to thank everyone that uh, has been a part of this journey. There have been so many people. Um, the uh, I guess first and foremost, the the, the customers that have used our our service, um, and yeah, every interaction I have with uh, a client allows me to grow as a person to learn um, but also to find that satisfaction in our job. Most people uh, that get into uh, healthcare and definitely the, the people that we have on our team, um, we're motivated by uh, the outcomes that we see in our clients and, and being able to positively impact their health. And so uh, everyone that's given us the opportunity to do that and um, by doing so allowed us to grow the business, um, you know, we're 
really like to say thank you uh, to the staff equally. Um, we've had a lot of staff who's, who've come and gone over, over the journey. And like I said, it is difficult to retain people because of the nature being a, a expat business in um, a non-English speaking company, uh, country. Um, but we've had uh, a lot of great practitioners come and uh, work with us. And uh, even those who've been here a short period of time have, have uh, made an impact and again allowed us to, to learn um, and then yeah all, all the other businesses that have helped you know because Tokyo is such a, a tight-knit expat community um, we have had some uh, some great relationships with other businesses uh, in particular our medical referrers, referrers um, and they've all sort of contributed to um, Club 360 building our reputation uh, within the community. Yeah. <laughs> probably up everything there quite uh, well but uh, yeah I mean look I've always been proud of what I do I love my job I love helping people but Club 360 as Sam sort of alluded has allowed me to um, sort of spread that even further you know by having a great team of people to work with enjoy it with instead of just enjoying it pretty much by myself um, to celebrate those things with and reach more people in our community um, who I also learn a lot from. Um, I just feel super fortunate that, um, yeah, get to work with such great people, both as clients, uh, as a team, and also, of course, uh, with Sam. Um, they've always been, I think one thing that's made Club 360 such a success is we're always well aligned uh, with our vision, what we wanna do. Of course, we may have different opinions about things, but our sort of ship's always sailing in the same direction um, and that you know makes makes work easy uh, and enjoyable, um, and creating something with somebody else um, and with a team of people with great clients is uh, extremely fortunate. Um, so yeah, I'm just very happy um, with with what we're doing. I just want to say I'm so proud of both of you. I mean, what you've done is absolutely amazing. You've created this safe space for not only your staff but also for other people in the community and i think that what you've done is just absolutely amazing yeah and uh, we wouldn't have been able to do it uh without you and obviously you know without mickey and um, yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate all your support as well yeah mickey and i know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no, of course not. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time today and thank you for tuning in to the Tokyo Living Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Club 360, you can visit club360.jp or you can visit one of their locations uh, that's close to the tower or at Rupongi. And as this is the 100th episode of the podcast, I'd just like to thank the viewers and listeners that have uh, tuned in for the last uh, two years. Um, this has been a fun little side project to do, and I've got to speak to some amazing people within this tight-knit uh, Tokyo community and, uh, and, and build on the relationships uh, that I've had and, and make a lot of new relationships as well. Um, so yeah, thank you to the guests uh, that have come on and, and shared your valuable time and your knowledge and, uh, and look forward to providing some, some great content going forward and having some uh, uh, more great guests uh, on the show. So yeah, thanks again for the, uh, to the viewers and listeners and, uh, and also to our guests. Thank you for listening to the Tokyo Living Podcast. If you enjoy the content, we would love for you to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you'd like to enjoy your podcast. We look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Have a healthy and active week.